We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet. Oh, man, here we go. Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet. Thank you so much for being with us because I know how many podcasts there are out there and there's quite literally thousands of new ones being launched every single day. So super grateful that you're here with us on this one. Episode 341, which, wow, when you say it out loud, that is a lot of podcasts. 341 podcasts, such a good one today. Anthony Sarandria is a wildly successful entrepreneur, speaker, and philanthropist. And I just love his energy. I love his mindset. It's so contagious. You're going to love this, especially if you're stuck in a rut or if you're just spinning your wheels right now, and that's what it feels like, just feels like you're spinning your wheels, this conversation is for you. Find him on Instagram. He's at Anthony Sarandria, just his name. Find me also, my name, at Chris Van Vliet. And big shout out to our fan of the week, L Gonzalez197, who says, the best interviewer. Chris, you're an excellent interviewer. Your podcast is very professional, and it's full of entertainment. Keep it up. Thank you for the kind words. I read a review from Apple Podcasts on every single episode. So if you have an iPhone, and even if you've left a review, go in there, click the five stars, leave a few words, leave a few emojis. And if you have left a review before, go in there and update it with a word or something new or take something out, whatever whatever makes the most sense to you. And it will update and refresh to the top. So we'll see it. And we'll shout you out on the show for free. It's our way of saying... Thanks for being on this audio adventure with us. And Spotify, where are my Spotify peeps at? If you're listening on Spotify, they have ratings on theirs. So, I mean, that one's so quick. Just go in, click those five stars. I mean, you can click as many stars as you want, but I'd appreciate it if it was five stars. But whatever you think's fair, click the star rating that you think is fair. But uh, in any case, I appreciate you being on this journey with me, whether you've left a review whether you've ever left a rating or a tweet or an Instagram message or not, just thank you for listening right now. And I know this conversation is going to inspire you so much. So let's just dive right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Sarandria. Anthony, I feel like I can relate to you as someone who also has a difficult last name to pronounce. So, I mean, yours, once you say it, Sarandria, it's easy, but what are the what are the worst pronunciations you've heard of this? 
Dude, San Andrea. Um, that's the most common one. San Andrea. They think the that you're a fault line. Yeah, exactly. The San, San Andreas faults. You got it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a movie with the rock. That's what you are. Yeah, exactly. Dude. <laughs> so good. I think we hear a lot of people talking about like, follow your passion, which I think is great advice. But what I'm interested in your story is when did you find out you were good at what you do? Oh, man. Um, you know, I guess. It was, I, I started going door to door, uh, selling solar hot water systems. So knocking doors and I wasn't great at it. And, uh, I think it's cause I didn't really believe in the product or, or love what I was doing. Mm. Um, and then I started working at Nike where it was no commission, but I worked the floor and I was a rock star sales guy. And it was because I loved the product and I love what I was doing. And it, so that was the first time it clicked with me, that aha moment that love, you know, that find your passion, like is a trackable difference in how good or bad you are as far as like the internet. Cause you know, we spend millions of dollars a month on uh, paid advertisements on Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, all the, all the social platforms um, was actually when I, I interviewed for a W2 job uh, like, a, and uh, the guy said, I've never done this, but I'd like to hire you on the spot. And I was like, huh. And then I went to the training and the trainer midway through was like, kept like asking me to answer the questions about, you know, how pay-per-click works, SEO, things like that. And like midway through that, I was like, maybe I shouldn't actually be in this job. Maybe I should be doing this on my own. If I, you know, if I, and so it, that, yeah, training for W2 jobs when I realized I was good at the internet and then, uh, you know, selling at Nike is when I realized I was, I was good at sales when I believed in something. So this sounds like the idea of like, why would I work for somebody else when I can do this exact same thing for myself? Sure. hundred percent, hundred percent. That's a difficult bridge to cross though. I think there's a lot of people that are listening to this that go, man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could start something on my own, but I'm just so scared to dive into this. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I don't know, it's just a saying, or maybe there's a book or the concept, don't quit your day job. And, and I really believe that, right? Like a lot of people are like, I've got this idea. And some people are like, I, I've got a family of four kids. I'm going to quit everything. And I'm going to pursue this Tinder LinkedIn idea that I'm going to, and I'm like, dude, hold on. You're going to put, you're going to put a lot, ton of artificial pressure. So I'm going to give you the other side. Some people will fight you know, Please. go ahead, you know, head, head first in. But, um, you know, I think you create a ton of artificial pressure by uh, creating those financial um, strains. So for me, uh, that W2 job, I actually did pursue it and keep, keep going through it. And what I would do is I started auditing my day and realized where I had fluff. So whether it was watching TV or it was getting up 30 minutes early, or if it was working just on Sunday, it's like I found like newfound five hours a week. That's all, that was my goal. Can I find five hours a week? to work on this outside of my 40 hour a week job. And through doing that, I started learning that I had passions. I started getting a little bit of little bit of traction or success, similar to how you and I talked about your, your career path. And I started, you know, making enough eventually through those five hours, which then I was able to start dedicating 10 hours to, I was able to start paying my bills. And I said, okay, I can break even on my bills with this side hustle, if you mm. will. Now let me go into it. And, and I really, you know, I, for me, I'll never say what's absolute, do it this way or not this way. For me, my experience share, that was a very easy path to, to accidentally falling into entrepreneurship. I joke, I created a job for myself. And then I started, got so busy, I hired my brother. Then I got so busy, I hired my nest, my best friend. Then I got so busy, I hired, boom, boom, and then built this you know, company of the size that we have today. But it, it really took that, you know, that kind of side hustle, side project until I was able to break even on my bills to say, okay, let me now dive head, head first into this. And I think that's a great way to approach it. This idea of like, don't quit your day job, like make yeah. sure that this side hustle is something that's realistic and also something that can make money too. Yeah. hundred percent. And honestly, the, 
idea of auditing and everyone listening right now, auditing your, your, your day and your week. I started at the end of the night, writing down what I did all day, right? It's so easy to get caught up in the hustle. And I started realizing again, I, I was watching TV an hour a day. Why am I doing that? I was sleeping in, I was sleeping like laying in bed, like nine hours a day. What, why am I in bed so long? You know what I mean? Like, what did I do on Sunday? I just jerked around, you know, I drank Saturday night and then I slept in for, you know, and it was just like through that auditing of that, that day and that week, I really realized how much, how much extra time I had that I wasn't utilizing and, and could start putting that towards my ultimate, you know, goal, which was to create time freedom and then financial freedom. But first it was freedom to work when I wanted, how I wanted to work on things that I liked to not have to work for someone that I didn't, didn't really give me a good quality of life. So I wanted my quality of life to be good. And then, yeah. you know, finances follow that. I think the biggest excuse that people use for anything is I don't have time for this. Sure. And, yeah. and you're so right. Like, I think that very few people actually do a time audit on their days or their weeks or their month. And if you do, I, I think that's a big one when people don't go to the gym. Oh, I just don't have time for that. Yeah, yeah. And then sure. it's also a lot of times like you wouldn't understand because you don't have kids. I'm like, well, there's lots of people who have kids yeah. that find time to go to the gym or to build a business. When you say a time audit, do you mean like physically writing down what your yeah. day was? Yeah, at night. I, I and I still do that time to time here. I'll I'll write down and write and recap my entire day. Like sometimes I'd get I uh, at one point I got so dramatic that I kept a notebook next to me. And every 15 minutes, I write down what I did. And then I looked at it at the end of the day. So I'd be like, okay, I was on this call. I was on the, oh, still on the Zoom interview. Oops, still on the Zoom. And then, nope, next, I went to go eat. And, I, and then I, I just started auditing it. But you know, to your, your comment on time, I think it's the greatest equalizer that all of us have. Like, mm -hmm. yes, I can't argue Warren Buffett has more resources and connections than me. But we get the exact same number of seconds, minutes, hours in the day. So it's the, it's, it's the only thing that actually is a terrible excuse. I don't have the time. We we, we all have the exact same amount of time. It's the most beautiful equalizer. And then you mentioned, you don't understand I have kids or you don't understand this. It's, it's, the, it's the paradigm of I'm too young and then eventually I'm too old to do this, mm. right? Like, and it's like for me, you know, and I'm assuming you too, is like, oh, I'm too young. I'm too young to start my own business. I'm too young to go sell to big insurance carriers. I'm too young. I'm too young. But guess what? You wake up one day and now I'm too old. I'm too yeah. old to start all this. So that, that BS excuse that we tell ourselves is often not true because you have kids. Well, you have more of a why than I do. You have other humans that you provide for. Talk about fuel to work hard and to make something of your life. I don't have that. I have myself, I have my girlfriend, I have my family. Like you have your literal pieces of you kids to provide for. Like you have way more fuel theoretically than I do. So just as you made it a negative, I can make it an extreme positive and I can mm. make it a negative for me that I don't have kids. So any of these, these excuses that we tell ourselves, it, it's so uh, funny how we can get caught up in the stories that, that make us feel good, but they don't actually serve us long-term. So it makes me feel okay. Like, oh, I didn't work out today because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm busy. And, you know, I ran a half marathon two weeks ago and I'll work out next week. You know, like, like, right. Like it makes me feel, but shoot, I didn't get in the gym today. Yeah. Like that, like it's not better long-term. So, you know, yeah. saying what are, what are these BS excuses we're telling ourselves that really are just made up stories. So much of that is you're so right. It's the stories that we tell ourselves. It's also about like, what's important to you? Yeah. Because I think that your priorities are different depending on what stage of your life you're in or what your financial situation is. But I think it's really important to set out those goals for the day, the week, the month, the yeah. year, and then to follow through on those. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I have, the, I have this thought or this, this comment. I don't know where I got it, but most people spend more time planning a vacation than they, than they do their entire life. And it's like, be deliberate with your life. Talking about auditing your time, mm. talking about writing down your goals or where you want to be or setting 
15 minutes in the morning to just think. I know that sounds crazy. Go outside, don't bring a phone and just, just think about what, whatever, whatever comes to mind, like being deliberate with your day, your time, your life. Uh, you, you know, you and I caught up uh, um, prior to this, but I love this. I call it the rocking chair test. I go, I go to when I'm 90 sitting in a rocking chair on a porch and I go, what will make, I can influence that person's life on how they felt about looking backwards today. And how would that person feel? And, and I start looking through and I start saying, what do I want to do? How do I want to be known for myself? Cause I'm the only one, you know, on my deathbed that lives with myself to say, did I live a full life or do I have regrets? Am I full? Am I dying with all these dreams and goals and regrets? And, and I, I don't know about everyone listening. That's not going to be me. I don't want that. I won't allow that to be me. And I, we get to impact. If you're, if you're listening to this, you're watching this, if you're breathing, you have the ability to impact how that 90 year old feels in the rocking chair or God forbid, you know, when we all pass, you, you know, that how you view your life. And so being very deliberate with your life, I think is extremely, uh, an extreme topic that I don't think gets talked about enough. Like I said, we'll, we'll spend time. Oh, when I go to Turks and Caicos, I want to go here and then eat at this restaurant, put 20 hours in. Like, have you put 20 hours into designing your life? I bet you, you have not, no matter what yeah. age you are. Well, and I think that a lot of people do today what they did yesterday, which is the yeah. same thing they did last week, which is the same thing they did last year, For which sure. means that this year will look like next year and you know, so on and so on and so on. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's 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 patterns and it's it's uh repetition and it's habits. And you know, the good news is I think it's what 21 days to create a new habit. So if there's anything you don't like, you're I mean, that to me was so exciting when I heard that, like, that seems like a long time, but it's really not when you zoom out in life, like yeah. any habit I don't like about myself, it takes 21 days for me to rewrite and overwrite. And it was like, that's pretty cool. When you really think about it, that's, that's not a lot of time in the grand schemes of life to completely yeah. set yourself on a new trajectory in any topic you want to, you know, you want to improve on. Yeah. And sometimes it's just about like changing your mindset around it or changing your identity around it. Like sure. something as simple as putting a book on the nightstand next to your bed and reading just a few pages. Now you've gone from someone who doesn't read books to now you're a reader, maybe someone who doesn't work out. For example, 100%. you just walk a mile every day. You went from someone who's inactive to someone who's a walker yes. or perhaps a runner one day. Yes. And I think that that identity shift is huge. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned Les Brown is a, a, you know, a famous motivator, a little bit older, um, as a mentor of mine, and he said, the most powerful weapon on the planet is, is your tongue. And what he means by that is the words that we speak or that we say to ourselves. So when we tell ourselves, I'm not a runner, well, I'm not good at that. I'm not that that becomes reality. You know, that he yeah. who says he can and who says he can't are both usually right. Like it's very true. And if we think about backwards in our life, the things that we've told ourselves we're good at, we're, we're probably good at the things we've told ourselves we're not, or we don't like, we probably don't. And just, just as an example or a test, like just try it. We talk about those 21 days. And I have a calendar right next to my bed and I'll exit. Like for me right now, I'm working on that 15 minutes every morning of just thinking. So every day I do that, I put an X next to it. So, you know, whatever it is, something in your life that you want to just for fun, like olives, I hated olives. And I tried for 21 days saying, I love olives. I told everyone I loved olives and I love the taste. And I love the salty taste. I legitimately, I don't get me wrong. I'm not like an olive connoisseur, but I swear on my life, 21 days later, I like olives. I yeah. caught myself ordering it in a sandwich. And I was like, Whoa, look at that. Just because of the story I told myself. So, you know, try that little game with yourself on something you say you don't like, you're not good at just for 21 days. Believe it, say it, talk about it, get it out into yeah. the world. And uh, it's not this hippie rah rah you know, thing. It's, it's a, you know, your reticular activation system, which is really, we have thousands of things we can process at any time. You know, I can process so many things on the screen, your voice, your, your hair, your eyes, your shirt out here around me. And we can really only focus on like seven, I think it is. So out of these thousands of inputs, 
We can only focus on seven at a time. And the more that we tell our brain to focus on certain things, look for the good about, about Chris, not the bad about Chris. The, the more I say, oh, my girlfriend cleaned the dishes, not she didn't make the bed. The, the more I'm focusing on that, the more my brain strategically starts focusing on all the good and how good a person she is, not which draws me closer to her versus she doesn't make the bed, how looking for all the bad things she's doing. Because there's probably the same number of bad as there is good. The difference sure. is what is my brain focusing on? What am I commanding myself to focus on? So that that to me is some of the the hopefully the aha moment around this whole, like, you know, you know, the hippie ruru, you know, of like, Oh, I love olives. I love olives. Like you're like rolling your eyes. It's like, no, no, there's, there's a real, there's a real science behind why you start to do things more, view things differently when you're actually telling yourself that. Yeah. The two most important words in the human language and the English language is I am because whatever comes after that is what you actually feel that you are. I am not a good dancer. I am a good friend or I am a good husband, wife, whatever it is. You start to believe that. I mean, Jim, Jim quick always talks about how your mind is always eavesdropping on your conversations. Ah, that's great. I love that. I've never heard that. That's beautiful. Right. So good. Right. Because your mind is going, Oh, you're saying you're not good at that. I must not be good at that. That's probably not the truth at all. Yeah. That's awesome. And a lot of it too, when you break it down, I think like 80% of our subconscious is formed before the age of seven. So you know, I first like I okay, I understand that I gotta tell it, but and then I was like beating myself, why am I the way I am though? The things that I don't like, why am I that? And, and let's not take all of let's take like working out, which which um you know doesn't necessarily apply to me. I love to work out, but wh- whatever it is, right? Like like run, let's go running. I, I sure. love lifting weights, running, like okay, why am I that way? Uh, or I don't like to fly, why am I that way? And and you start you know, when you break down, you realize, oh my my dad doesn't like to fly, he probably instilled that in me and somewhere and taught me to that awesome. Now I understand why I'm the way, but I can, but I can change that, you know? So really realizing that any habit and that's all it is, it's a habit or a pattern that you don't like in your life. It's not you, it's a habit or pattern can be easily uh, uh, mauled and changed with some work and not thinking that this is the way I am. So it's the way I am. And, th- and that's it. That's final. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, that's a very un- you know, disempowering belief. And even if that was true, it makes no sense for you to believe that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. When you're starting out with something new or you're setting a goal, what does it look like for you? You know, when I'm setting a goal, I think the most important thing for me is to get leverage on that goal. And what I mean by that is very easy. A lot of us, and maybe people, a lot of people on here can relate, right? We'll go back to the losing weight thing. January 1st, January 1st, I must make a new goal. I'm going to lose weight. And that's very exciting. But ultimately life happens and we kind of get dragged, you know, we'll call it out of state. We kind of get dragged to back to normal life and that that high we were on about I want to start a business or I want to I want to create my you know maybe even you're listening to this you're like okay I'm going to start a business eventually life happens people tell you oh no you can't or you get the bill and you say okay no it is what it is but getting that leverage on that goal is so important for me and what that looks like is when I decide I want to do something like I'll use a real life example I've never played an instrument in my life and I made a goal by 2025 that I was going to headline a major music festival. So Coachella, EDC, Ultra, something like that. And I I made that about nine months ago. And for me, I start, I said, cool goal, but I got to get leverage on the, on the, you know, it's exciting to talk about the benefit that comes out of that, which we all do, but the pain that's associated to it. So how does it affect my loved ones, those around me? How does it affect me if I do not follow through on this goal? And eventually I start building up enough leverage that my little brother who's 21 will think he's limited in what he's able to do and will live a very poor quality of life. And I'll get so dramatic, pull down the distance as to how bad it is if I don't actually create this goal or make this happen. So starting your own business, 
who, how does it hurt your kids, your future kids, your, your wife, your husband, your significant other, however that is like detailed. And I spent a lot of time in that dark place on purpose because now when I, when it's late at night and I don't feel the energy to do it, oh shoot, I do feel the energy to do it because my future kids are going to pay if I don't do it. Right. And, and, and this is not a very sexy conversation topic for us to talk about, but I think, you know, us as, you know, myself as a marketer, fear sells, right? Not the benefits. So, you know, fear sells. And I, I apply that to myself. The more fear I can instill in myself that if I don't actually mm. follow through on this, um, it's not, it, it, there's big consequences. Uh, and I think that's the problem. We don't, we don't associate enough consequences to not achieving our goal. We, we spend time thinking about what's the reward. And that's, that's good for a little bit, but us as humans, when, when, when we attach consequences to not following through, I think that's when we really see results, or at least for myself. Yeah. I think a lot of people go, I set this goal. I got like halfway there, but that's better than I was at. So, I mean, I'll chalk that up as a win. Yes. And that's the, you know, the why people always say, oh, your why is not strong enough for me. The why is the, 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 what happens if you don't do this? I think that's, that's where the magic happens is, 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 is attaching the consequences, not following through on a goal. Cause I guarantee you that halfway through, if, if there was enough pain for you to not follow through, you're going to follow through. It's why a mom can lift up a car when their kids underneath it. Cause mm. it, it, we, we get, we tap into this, this certain part of ourselves that we find that second wind, if you will, because we, we know we have to, we must do this. Why? Because if we don't X, Y, Z happens. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You've worked with some heavy hitters, like you mentioned Les Brown, but also Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk. What would you say, let's go about one by one here, actually. What would you yeah. say is the biggest thing that you've learned from Tony Robbins? Biggest Tony Robbins takeaway for me is um, life's happening for me, not to me. Oh, I love that quote. Uh, yes. So, so I, I always, whenever something bad happens, I go, how is this happening for me? And it's funny, I did an exercise the other day and I wrote all the worst things that ever happened in my life. And then on the right, I wrote the results. And it was like I, ac like I accidentally wrote a T-chart of worst things and best things that happened in my life. So mm. everything that was the worst thing, the result almost like to, to the T became the best thing that happened in my life. So when I start digesting like all these things that are bad happening, and we can look backwards in the review mirror, you listening or watching, like what's something that was bad? And then what was the result of that? It's almost always great. I was in a poor relationship. Well, it led me to find a better relationship. Or mm -hmm. I, you know, I hated, I would throw up in the bathroom at my job because I hated my job so much. It led me to starting my own business. My parents, you know, got divorced and my dad became, became a, a, you know, a, a, a abuser of, of alcohol. Well, 
it, it led me to be a better leader and, a, and, and go down a personal development path, right? Like all these bad things in the moment lead to great things. So anytime something bad, I'm in the middle of the storm. I go, how's this happening for me, not to me? And, and, it, mm. and it dramatically changes my outlook. And I start looking for the lessons here that came out of this, not, not just focusing on the bad. Yeah. I think the biggest Tony Robbins thing, and I've not worked with him directly, but yeah. what you focus on is how you feel like that's yeah, been such a big thing. And like, he does that yeah. example of like, close your eyes right now. And like, think of all the red items in the room. Got it. Or no, it's, you know, it's like, yes. he says like, take 30 seconds and look at all the red items in the room. Look at yep. them, all, all these things, Shut your close eyes, your eyes and tell me about the blue items. Yep. And you yeah, it's that. so good, right? Yep. Now he goes, open your eyes. Now look for blue and you see 10 times the blue. That's just right. what you look for is what you find. Yep. So you can, you shall find. Yeah. What about Gary Vaynerchuk? Gary V was um, exactly what I'm doing here, which is the um, investing in your personal brand. You get one personal brand and the leverage that creates when you have a personal brand. So uh, the amount of deals that opens up to the amount of conversations um, that, that, that doors open for that personal brand and investing it without seeking a return. So I'm so focused on Mark, I'm a, I'm a marketer, right? So we spend a dollar. I need to trackably show that I made a dollar fifty or I made two dollars off of that. So it's so direct response, which is beautiful and great, right? Like a lot of businesses are the opposite. They're just spending cash willy nilly over here. Oh, I'm gonna put a billboard up and this and that. Yeah. But strategically, like I know you have a, a beautiful, great audience and, and I know you carry out great work. So by going on your podcast, creating a relationship with you and adding, hopefully adding value to your audience, you know, you and I start to create a relationship in one way or another that may, who knows where that leads to, but that investment in personal brand, expecting nothing in return, eventually compounds to where you're in a certain place or get you the results that, you, that you're looking for. So yeah. investment in personal brand. And the idea that you may know somebody who knows somebody who could help me or vice 100%. versa. 100%. 100%. What about the legend, Les Brown? Yeah, dude, let, let so many, so many beautiful things from, from Les Brown, but honestly, it's not even like a saying he says, but I mean, th this man brings such a level of joy to life. Like he's exactly how he comes off of and appears. Like mm. he, he like, I was, I was talking to him on Saturday and he's pretending to talk to a squirrel on his shoulder. He's like, Jerry, you know, what do we think about that? And it's just like, he's wow. not senile. He's just like enjoying life. And it's yeah. just like, for me, so often in work and business and my day, uh, you know, I see this man, I, I think he's 73, 74, she's in his mid seventies. And I see a man who's just enjoying himself and enjoying life and hasn't yeah. skipped a beat. And for me, it's like, how can I imply that level of a, a joy, enjoyment, that's a yeah, enjoyment, joy yeah. to, to, to where I am today in my busy, my busy rough and schedule. Yeah. Tony Robbins was recently on impulsive with Logan Paul. It was interesting. I was reading the comments on the interview on YouTube and there's a lot of people that, you know, that maybe not, they're not familiar with Tony's work yes. or haven't read his books. Yes. So many of the comments were like, I love how he owns the room yes, or I does. love how he's always smiling. And those were yes. just little takeaways where I'm like, that speaks to the person that he is yes. and everything that he's teaching. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, the first two, I gave like a, a tactical, but you're right. Something just as small as, as that, or like, for him, he's so present when he talks, like mm -hmm. when he's talking to someone, like sometimes like he'll be doing an intervention or an interview with someone and, and he's extremely present. And I'm like, wow, how can I bring that presence to a conversation? You know, he's not thinking about anything else. He remembers the person name, the person's name, even though he's talked to 15 other people in the last five minutes, like he's extremely present. So yes, those little things that I think often get overlooked that, that lead to the, the people that they are today. 
Yeah. So much of this, I think, is like that uh, that idea of like win the morning, win the day. Yes. So Anthony, what's your morning routine look like? Yeah, my morning routine is I, I I take a well, I have an ice bath, but for someone listening, a cold shower. And 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 the reason being is I want to have the do you have the cold plunge? You know what's funny? I have I've been a, looking into this. I have a I have a really awesome version. If you YouTube turn an ice chest into a ice bath, okay, literally for like under a thousand bucks. You, have, you turn like a, a meat freezer, like a bit, mm-hmm. big meat freezer into an ice bath. So you call this is what cold. Wim Hof does. Yes. Yes. I'm a big, big, yeah, a big fan. Me of Wim too. Hof. I do Wim Hof breathing yes. every day. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. So, so you'll, yes. So you get the principle that the idea is I, 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 I want to accomplish what I think is going to be the hardest thing of the day, which for me is to get into, you know, low forties degree water for a couple minutes. Right. And it's like, okay, what email, what call is going to be more challenging than putting myself in submerged cold water, but for some- And also more uncomfortable. Yes, 100%. For someone listening, that could be just a cold shower, you know, and it could be just a minute or 30 seconds in the cold shower just to get going. And then um, uh, even before that, I start with, I do the 15 minute priming exercise Tony Robbins does, which is essentially just uh, spend time in, you know, it's very formulaic, spend time in gratitude. So what are three things I'm grateful for? And not mom, dad, brother, right? It's like a moment. And it's really spending some time in that, in that mindfulness of, of what am I gr- grateful for? Why remember that moment, how I felt during that really reliving that, that feeling. And then, and then at a, at a just to summarize the, the, the entire um, exercise, it's stepping yourself into three goals. So what, what are three goals and feel yourself already on the other side of those goals. So for me, running, a, you know, finishing a triathlon after a knee surgery, major reconstructive knee surgery is one. And, and every day I'd wake up and I'd feel myself crossing that finish line. I'd feel myself like right when I was done, how that would feel. And I stepped into those moments. So stepping into your goals, and again, getting deliberate about your life and gratitude and grateful, focusing on, on, on the good that's already present in your life that maybe you forgot. The, the, so that mindfulness exercise and then something challenging, which again, we said, we're, you and I are talking about ice baths. Could be uh, going to get uh, uh, 15 minutes of cardio in. Could be even going for a walk outside. You know, just something active, something that just moves your body and gets you get your energy flowing. Is uh, attached with gratitude, attached with with uh, uh, you know deliberately focusing on your goals. Those are that. That's what my morning routine looks like. I think people hear a lot about visualization, visualization, especially yeah. from like top tier athletes. Yes. And I think that a lot of people go, "Oh, that's great if I'm a Super Bowl champion, or that's sure. great if I'm a Major League Baseball player," but this is something that can be applied to anyone, no matter yes. who you are, no matter what you do. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so how do we, how do we build confidence in something? We, we have reference points, right? So let's say I'm really good at um, talking to girls, right? Well, your brain comes up with all these reference points on why you are or why you aren't, right? And you've got all these, but when you, when you don't have that reference point, so when it's something like, like for me, like I said, headlining a major festival, like I had never played an instrument, let alone learn. I didn't know how to DJ. I didn't, I didn't know any of this stuff, how, how producing music worked, any of it. So how do I get those reference points to show up with that confidence when I, you know, through, through, through the action I took and the, the relationships I had, I had a set coming up in three months. Like I had a major set that would take someone else a long time to, to potentially land, but I was at zero. So how did I, how did I bridge that gap? And it was through that visualization, you know, it's uh, talking about sports. Mike Tyson says you need to be the champ before you can be the champ. And what, it, mm. what, what he's saying again, too, is spending time in, even if your, your brain doesn't really know what's the difference of what's real and what's not. And, and how I'll prove it to you is when we're worried about something, we come up with all these scenarios that are all worst case. And what yes. do we do? We literally create a physical response of fear or anxiety in our life. And 99 out of hundred times, none of that happens. None of that bad that we've made up in our head actually comes true, but we've made it up in our head 
So we have a physical response. We may even have a, a response when it comes time for that. So you're scared to give a speech because you think people are going to think you're stupid. Your speech may actually be bad because of what you believed was real, which none of it was real up until the moment you took the microphone and go talk. So yeah. why would we not flip that on our head and dramatize that it's the best speech you've ever given and people come up to you and they shake your hand and people are crying because it's so like, you know what I mean? We go through this whole rabbit hole, how bad it's going to be. Why would we not go down this rabbit hole? How great it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And that may and likely will and does create a physical change response in your confidence level, in your in your your tonality, in your voice inflection. When you actually go up there, the likelihood of that is going to be so much higher. Like you ever see like, getting back to your sports, a kicker go up to kick the game winning field goal and you go, he's not making it. Yeah. Why? You can tell by his body language, right? You can tell what's yeah. going on up here. He hasn't even kicked it yet. And in the inverse, you'd see some people and you go, this guy's hitting this. I don't care how, how low the, the circumstances look, he's making this happen. And, and, yeah. it's, and it's because of what's going on up here. So that visualization, you know, I just proved it to you how you visualize bad things and create bad results. Why not flip that on the head and visualize good things and create good results? Yeah. And with that idea of like giving a speech, I think, you know, that's, that's the biggest fear, right. For everybody, yeah. which is crazy. Like, isn't that crazy? Skydiving over like the fear of dying. Yes. People are more afraid of public speaking. And, and I yes. can understand it because you feel like all eyes are on you Yes. to that. I will say that it's that old quote of like, people won't remember what you did or what you said. They will remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're giving a speech at a wedding, for example, they yes. will only remember you as the funny one, the dramatic one, the sentimental yeah. one. That's it. They won't remember yes. like more than like three words of your eight minute speech. It's so true. Well, it's like such an, I don't even want to butcher the stats. Such a disproportionate percentage of communication is nonverbal. It's like 60 plus percent, number one. Number two, for anyone who's listening, you know, you and I aren't, aren't necessarily, uh, you know, in that category of fear of, of giving a speech or, 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 or talking, but for someone, someone who, who may be, it, 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 you know, there, there's this, uh, I saw some, some video someone did and they took a dance class as, as a male and it was really bad and kept beating themselves up. And the instructor goes, came over mid-class and goes, look, look in the mirror. You know, who's everyone looking at? You know, themselves. Mm. No one's even watching you. And for me, I realized like probably, I, first off, I forget what I had for breakfast this morning. I can guarantee you other people are going to forget. You know what I mean? Like hopefully I leave an impression on you, your community, but you know, in three weeks, are you going to remember this conversation? Maybe, maybe not. I hope so. But, but you know, for myself to again, you know, ease the tension, like, no, like, so any of these things that we're so afraid of, we're putting all this pressure on this thing being this catastrophic event when in reality we're, we're going to forget about it in a day, a week, a month, a year, whatever that is. So like, you know, just, just taking that pressure off of it. It's like people are going to forget completely. And, you know, I keep going back to like, you know, I, I remember I took a, took a class when I was 18 years old on, on how to pick up girls and how to talk to girls. And we're in the middle of a bar and the guy goes, get down on all four and start barking like a dog. I swear to God, this is a true story. I can't make it. Or 18, 18, or 21. Why am I saying 18? Sorry. 21. He goes, get, get down and start barking like a dog. So I get down in the middle of this club and I start woof, 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 bark, woof, 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 barking like a dog. Everyone looks so weird. And then they go back to what they were doing. And yeah. it was this crazy. I still remember that lesson he taught today. And I was like, oh my God, I just did the most embarrassing thing. I barked like a dog in front of hundreds of strangers and everyone back to their day. And in fact, the people would come up and like laugh. Like that was so funny. You did that. Or I go talk to people. They'd be like, oh dude, you're that guy. And it was this like positive thing. And I was like, holy shit. Like what? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was just this. Oh my God, aha moment. So, you know, something as silly as barking like a dog in a bar, it, yeah. you know, you realize like you're at the lowest point, like there's only to go up from here and the low point's not really even that low. So the biggest fear came true, which was embarrassing myself. And it wasn't yeah. bad at all. In fact, it was a positive. And I can guarantee that 
people care a lot less about you and what you're doing than you think, like a lot less. Yes, for sure. What books are you reading right now? You know, I'm, I'm reading uh, Life Force by Tony Robbins. So it's I'm all, in the middle of that as well. Yes, it's a great book. I'll focus on, on health and vitality. And, um, you know, I'm obsessed with this idea of this like exponential um, growth in um, healthcare. Yeah. And, and I think you and I align a lot on, on health and vitality and things like that, obviously. Yeah. Just, you know, I'm also reading a book that he suggests in Life Force called Why We Age and Why We Don't Have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, like I think we're, we're in a completely different generation from what our parents did. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And then, you know, another book that I'm actually revisiting, it's a really funny recommendation, actually. It's, it's uh, um, uh, well, I'll give two. Uh, Psycho, Psycho Cybernetics, if you've, if you've read the book, uh, talks, yeah. about, talks about a plastic surgeon who um, would perform you know, a facial reconstruction. And some of his patients' life was totally changed. He'd be like, oh, it must be because of their physical appearance. Other people, their life didn't change at all, or they actually got worse as far as their like, personality. Like, and it gets back to this whole, what we tell ourselves, what we become, right? So yeah. I won't spoil it, but that, that's my favorite book of all time. But I'm reading another book called Utility by a guy named Jay Bear, Y-O-U, Utility. And um, uh, what the book is, it focuses on is helping, not selling. And it talks about how that's the best way to sell in modern day today. So it's less jamming an ad in your face saying, Hey, 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 Hey. And it's more, how can I help you expecting nothing in return? And Oh, by the way, I'm a real estate agent or whatever that is. Right. Like, let me add value yeah. to new, to new moms because uh, I'm a mom and I know how to, I know how to help add, you know, I know how to help tender their kids. And guess what? When someone has a new kid, they're probably going to try and upgrade their home. So, Oh, by the way, I'm a realtor versus, Hey, let me get your house. Let me get your house. Let me get your house. Let me get your house where, where it's just, it's, it's selling, selling. It's such a dirty connotation versus helping. So yeah, it's book. like, Telling versus selling is so much better now. Yeah, for sure. It is. It is. And it makes sense. I mean, we're, we're, we're jammed with so much, so many advertisements in the day. I forget how many there are hundreds that we see sure. all day long and uh, we're just turned off by it. Also, we don't need to talk to a salesman anymore to get information. We're used yes. to our generation to where I can go on Google and I can do a ton of education and where usually I can pick up the phone and be like, Hey, I want to order the yellow Humdinger golf cart, right? Like I don't need to call up a guy and be like, Hey, I'm thinking about getting transportation to my gym, not my car. You have any ideas? You know what I mean? Like we can do so much of this prior too. So your customers are, 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 you know, the people educating them along the way are often the ones that they go back to and actually buy from. So if you're educating your customer or your, your, your network, whoever that is and helping and adding value, then generally those are the people they're going to end up working with. Anthony, I feel like we've jammed so much into this and I just, I just can't thank you enough. This has been such an amazing conversation. I appreciate it, brother. Likewise, I've enjoyed it a ton. I end everything, every conversation with the same question. You've already touched on it, but I love gratitude. I have a, yeah. a t-shirt actually that says, be great, be grateful. Nice. Because I think that if you can be grateful, you will live a great life. Yeah. What are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Oh man, so so easy. There's so many things to choose from. For me, I am grateful for the time that we're alive and born. I think I think there's this idea, you know, uh, I don't have the uh, uh, time, like we said, you have 24 hours. Um, I don't have the the resources. Well, we can Google anything and in tenth of a second get the information back. So uh, these 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 things that uh, maybe held other people up in the past for why they can't accomplish their goal are, are not there. We've got so much technology that we can use in our favor, right? And, and have access to that today with the internet. And so very grateful for the, the time I'm alive and born. Definitely not, don't take that for, for a circumstance. Uh, very grateful for my health, which is where it all, it all starts. Obviously, if, we, if you don't have, you know, what is it? A, uh, uh, a healthy person has a thousand wishes, wishes a sick person has one, which is mm-hmm. to, to be healthy, obviously. So very, very blessed to have my health. And then third, I, I'm really, um, feeling really blessed today on just my support system, whether it's my girlfriend or it's my 
family or my friends. I've, I've got a, a really badass support system that I, it, it's not, I'm not naive that I'll, oftentimes someone will come with a crazy idea or goal and their support system will say, you can't do that because of blank, blank, blank versus, oh, dude, you got this. You know what I mean? And I'm just very blessed that I've been able to surround myself strategically with people that are going to support any goal or idea that I might have, no matter how crazy or out there it might be. And with that said, what's the best way that people can support you? Um, you know, I, like you and I talked, uh, I, I do this totally. We mentioned Gary V personal branding investment. So I, I don't have a direct ask, but, um, you, you know, I'm very active on Instagram, my website, anthonystranger.com. Uh, the best thing, actually, I'll answer that the best, let me back up when I was, and I still am, but when I was much younger, I was a mentee and I thought I was a leech to my mentors. I thought I was getting a lot of information from them and I didn't offer anything in return, but I didn't realize I got to pay them in something much more than money. I got to pay them with intrinsic value. I got to pay them with them seeing a little piece of me uh, or them in myself. And I got to carry things through. So, um, as I got older, I started realizing, feeling it as a mentor to people when people would come back and say, oh, this is how you helped me, or I took this advice and implemented it this way. Like it felt so much better than making another thousand, ten thousand million dollars. Like it truly did and does. Um, so the the thing that people can give me the most is anything that you took away from this, um, anything you implemented in your life, any results, any questions, uh, reach out, just write me a message. It, it genuinely goes so much further than you know to hear like, Hey, when you said blank, 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 like it helped me so much. And now yeah. I'm planning it this way. So that would be my biggest ask for anything that was able to add value in your life. I'd love to tie the feedback loop of yeah. how it helped you. And I always say this, like take a screenshot, let us know that you're listening to this episode and tag us so we can see yeah. it. And also so we can share it out and spread the word about this. For sure, brother. Anthony, I just can't thank you enough. What a great conversation. Chris, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate your mission. There we go such a good conversation with Anthony. Big thanks to him for joining us. And as always, thank you for being with us and for listening wherever you are, whatever you happen to be doing right now. And I know that there's someone in your life who would really benefit from hearing this episode. So please share the link to this episode with them and take a screenshot, tag us on social media so we can share it. Tag us. It's just our names. Anthony is at Anthony Sarandria. I'm at Chris Van Vliet, and since we talked about morning routines and just routines in general here, I'll leave you with this from the great John C. Maxwell. You'll never change your life until you change something that you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. Be great. Be grateful. We will see you on the next one, 342, for another episode of Insight. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.